0: Community Pharmacy is a locally owned pharmacy located in Denton, Texas. Community Pharmacy serves its patients and physicians all over the great state of Texas through quality and service. They are Denton's most advanced compounding pharmacy. Call 940-382-1618 for all your healthcare needs or visit communitypharmacy.com. Today I'm joined by Dr. Amber Myers, who is a pharmacist from Texas. Thank you for joining us, Amber. Thank you for having me. Could you tell us what made you decide you wanted to get into pharmacy?
1: Sure. Uh, When I was younger, I was raised in Oklahoma, which is the state above Texas. And independent pharmacy was really a big deal up there. Uh, We don't have a lot of chains. And my grandmother actually is the one who suggested it to me. And of course, I ignored it. I wanted to do my own thing. But when I was a senior in high school, I actually had to have a uh, outpatient surgery. My tonsils had swollen, and I had the surgery. And one of the things I had to do afterwards was go get this mouthwash, and I had to go to a compounding pharmacy for it. And I thought what they did was so neat they made something just for me, and it tasted great. And ever since then, I was really interested in it. And I also am really good with math and and science. So I felt like it was just an an easy thing to fall into. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. So once you became um, a pharmacist and you would got your doctorate, what was your next step? Well,
1: because of that experience as a high schooler, I was so interested in compounding. I always joke with my friends that because I love cooking that I just naturally fell into compounding as well (sighs) and so I um, took all the courses that we had offered to us for compounding and I did some competitions and then my rotations in school were also in compounding and when I finished uh, my last rotation asked me to come back and I've been there ever since and uh, I've been working with them on all new kinds of things that we work with, not just little maltrexome, but other other new novel ways of delivering medications to the patients and uh, it's, been, it's been great ever since.
0: So how long have you been doing that for? for three years? For three years? Okay. And how would you say your pharmacies evolved in that three years?
1: We have, especially on the sterile side, greatly evolved huge huge jumps um, one of the things that we do that I have found so unique and that we're doing it even before I got there because it has really picked up is our sterile side dealing with autologous serum eye drops and I thought that was so interesting to see that we could use patients own uh, serum and from their blood and heal them in ways that some medications just can't and it's really interesting to actually tie it in with low-dose naltrexin as well. And then we've also, you know, on top of that, the LDN has really picked up in the last, I'd say, two years. Um, and it's been so exciting and encouraging to see this new option for patients when they feel like they're, they're literally not going to get anywhere in their, their diseases and it can really help them feel better and manage their symptoms, it's been a really great opportunity for the pharmacy to grow.
0: Mm-hmm. And what would you say is the most common formula for the, the LDN that you compound? The
1: major majority that we do are capsules. We do a lot of capsules.
0: Mm-hmm. So do you do any sublingual and cream and liquid? We do. Uh,
1: we have some patients that are not seeing results on capsules, so we'll switch to the sublingual to see if we can find a, a better result that way. Um, we do some topical for people who have um, There's uh, one patient we have who's got I um, can't think of it right now, the disease he's got, but he puts it topically on his scalp and all through his face to reach the point that he needs most. Mm-hmm. Um, And then I've also worked with some uh, OBGYNs to do uh, vaginal applications as well. Um, well, I had listened to uh, an OB, I think he's from Ireland, and he had made some really good suggestions on how to use LDN in a vaginal route. And so we're kind of working on that. And then the next way that we're gonna be working into is naltrexone in eye drop form.
0: Wow, that's... Interesting, because, of course, you've got your sterile facility there already doing eye drops. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that, is, that is really interesting. Would you be using that for people with, say, um, dry eye with uh, Sjogren's syndrome, that kind of thing?
1: Well, actually, we're, using, we're already using the serum drops for that very reason. And then we're finding that the patients that come in for Sjogren's, can benefit if they take the naltrexone as a capsule form. If they don't want to do another eye drop, um, what we're using the naltrexone for, or the goal is to use it for, is actually ocular pain. We have a couple patients who have gone through all kinds of prescription medications that they, or the you know the manufactured products, and they're not seeing relief with their pain. And so we're trying to work with these ophthalmologists to see if they would be willing to try naltrexone. And for this this pain, um, because it's kind of at the point where the patient has no other way to go. So why not try it?
0: Mm-hmm. Did, does the pain not respond to the capsules?
1: No. And that's what was really interesting was it's almost as if it needs to be a, a topical local application instead of systemic, which doesn't seem to make sense to me. But if, if it works, it works.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you'll have to get back to me and keep me updated on that. I'd be really interested. Yes. So what would you say the age population mainly of your patients is?
1: I would say the range of age is anywhere from 25 to 45. And we have, you know, some up and down. Not too many pediatric or adolescents. Um, and I would even say on top of that, the majority of them are women. I see a lot of women and a lot of thyroid issues are the main
0: reasons of taking LDN in our pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Well, unfortunately, it seems as though women have more autoimmune diseases than men anyway, so probably that is why you're seeing more women than men. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and how are you finding that the women that are taking LDN who have thyroid issues, do they find that their thyroid um, changes so that they don't need so much thyroid medication if they are taking taking that?
1: I've seen quite a bit of a range, anywhere from they don't respond to... Uh, I had one husband taking up the prescription and when I asked him how his wife was doing on it, she only been on it um, three or four months and he said that she was almost like a brand new person and that she was able to take off or thyroid medications, and just take the low dose mm-hmm. So it's it's really encouraging to hear those stories. But then on the flip side, there are some patients that for some reason just don't respond, and they have to try something else.
0: Mhm. Yeah. But but uh, what I was thinking was, do you find they have to taper down their medication?
1: Yes. And that's something we also counsel them on when they first started, and we know that it's for a thyroid related issue is that if they notice that they're having symptoms, they're worse than they usually are, it's gonna happen faster. Um, they they're able to decrease the medication mm-hmm. uh, the you know, the manufactured medication, and then they also increase slower on the naltrexone than some of the other patients do. Mm-hmm.
0: And what other conditions would you say? I know uh, thyroid is probably the top one that you uh, prescribe for, but what would you say the other conditions are? I think our next biggest
1: one is fibromyalgia and then uh, GI-related. Fibro is huge in this area for some reason, and uh, I've talked to some of the groups that, uh, and a lot of them are already on naltrexone. And so they they tell me, you know, it's either helped them or it's helped, you know, slow down some of the the flares that they may have. Um, But I think fibro is definitely the next biggest one. Mm
0: -hmm. And for the patients that have gastrointestinal issues like Crohn's disease or altered colitis, even celiac, et cetera, et cetera. So the people with those... Problems, Dr. Jill Smith found when she did the Crohn's study that some of the patients um, couldn't tolerate having capsules and that is why she suggested the sublingual because it's absorbed differently. I mean, have you found Mm -hmm. that in your pharmacy?
1: Not yet. Uh, The the few patients that we do have it for GI or, or Crohn's, they have not responded to me either way. If it's Helping them, or if it's uh, if they need to change the form. So it's not gotten that far yet. It's mostly, like I said, the thyroid patients and the fibro patients that are really, really talking to me about how they're dealing with the symptoms or how they're they're dealing with um, the medication itself and whether it's successful or not. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's mainly those two.
0: Okay. And what do you, if a patient comes to you, let's say thyroid issues, who's got thyroid issues, what would you suggest that they do alongside of LDM?
1: We have a really uh, great supplement company that we work with and it's, they don't supplement with uh, animal glandular pro, uh, proteins or anything extra. It's mostly uh, almost like a vitamin And it's supposed to help give the building blocks for the thyroid to be able to produce the way it's supposed to, Mm -hmm. rather than just supplementing. So I always suggest, you know, talk to your provider about this option instead of possibly moving on to another medication first. See see if maybe you can just help um, kind of kickstart the thyroid instead of just supplementing it and the thyroid test it's there in a way. But that's, that's probably where I start
0: mm-hmm. and what about uh, diet and exercise and people's weight that that is something we talk to them about and
1: it's it's difficult with patients because it's changing a whole lifetime of habit and thinking and uh, down here we uh it's down here the cuisine has is not thyroid healthy at all uh, and neither is it for heart health it's a lot of fried foods a lot of corn and so these patients are having to figure out new ways to cook and so for the i do the best that i can to remind them you know where Certain, you know, like I have have some patients too that don't realize where sugars are hiding in your food, and I'm having to show them on their labels where it is. But it's an exercise right now. Unless you have a gym membership, there's no way you're getting outside to exercise right now. Mm. So it's it is a major mindset change for these for these patients. Mm -hmm. It's huge. So it's just one step at a time for a lot of them.
0: And a lot of people forget that fruit. You know, is high in sugar, uh, and if yes. you if you just snacked on fruit all the time, you, you're still or even making uh, smoothies with the fruit. I mean, what would you say is a, um, a a proper portion size of fruit so you you're not going over the top
1: with just a one single serving for, oh, well, if somebody for a lot of
0: patients. Sorry, <laughs> throughout the day, if somebody wanted to eat fruit, when would you say, uh-uh, you're actually eating too much fruit? I, for,
1: at first, I try to steer them away from like specific fruit. And bananas are so huge here, but I try to remind them how much sugar is in bananas. And I actually had a patient non-LDN related. He was asking me... Um, about some of the fruits that he was eating and he told me he had sat and ate a whole bag of cherries and i said i love cherries and i know it's cherry season but you got to cut down on those cherries mm-hmm. i said we kind of if we can try to move to something more of a berry like a strawberry or a blueberry or a blackberry and i said um this, the, a lot of the fruits you have are way too high in sugar and i had to tell him like a palm full if you can even maybe a little bit less than that and i try to move them closer towards different proteins that they have and depending on do they need fats you know are you trying to lose weight what's your what's your fat intake what kind of fat are you taking in and try to adjust from there but yeah that a lot of the the fruit that's so popular especially in this area bananas are very easy to do apples are really big Um, it's peach season right now and it's all the high sugar fruits and it's they're delicious but a lot of people just don't realize that because it's a fruit, it's not necessarily the right choice to pick
0: Mm -hmm. and especially when you put them in a smoothie because you need so many to to make a, a container full it's amazing so what would you say are the best fruits to eat you mentioned berries there
1: yes those are the ones that i usually try to stick them towards um, and I try to encourage them that you know at first some of them may seem bitter. That uh, if you can try to take them in, and slowly your taste buds are going to change, and you're gonna you're gonna sense that natural sweetness in them mm. as you continue to to go on this course with your new food intake. A lot of people and I was the same way. They, I just couldn't do berries because they were so they seemed so tangy and tart, and <sighs> it's, maybe they weren't in season. But I think the longer you eat them then the more you realize the natural sweetness that's in them. And even the same thing with vegetables, you start to taste that natural sweetness. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, uh, Jill Brooke, uh, she's one of our medical advisors and she has given many talks on food and learning to educate your taste buds. But she says that your Mm -hmm. taste buds only live for two weeks and then you have a new set of taste buds. So, If you can stick with eating food that you think might be a bit tart, it isn't as sweet. But in two weeks' time, the new taste buds haven't got used to the sweet food so that they then are educated to think what you're eating is sweet. That's what you were Mm -hmm. trying to say, how you get used to things. Um, Yes. It's it's the same with stopping taking sugar, isn't it, in tea and coffee. If you stick with it... It, it becomes normal. It doesn't taste as though it's lacking in something after a while. But it is a case mm-hmm. of sticking with it, isn't it? it? Mm-hmm. It's
1: so hard. You have, you know, on top of just having lots of sweets available to you, um, bread is a huge issue here, especially down here um, in the south. Bread is a huge issue, and I had a one woman tell me, you know, I'm trying to. She was trying to do the candida diet where she was taking out sweeteners and sugars, and I asked her, um, "Okay, tell me what you had for breakfast." And I, I try to ask patients, like, "Tell me what you had for dinner last night," or "Tell me what you had for breakfast," because I try to make it in a question in a way that doesn't seem like I'm like picking at them. So <laughs> yes. But when I asked her what she had, she told me she had eggs and toast, and I said, "Well, I think toast might not be part of that diet." I said, because there are at least four sources of sugar in, the, in there. And said, it's not just, uh, you know, cane sugar that you're looking at. There's brown sugar, there's molasses, there's honey. I said, you really have to watch it with these foods that we have. There's, there's sugar hidden everywhere in our food.
0: So if somebody wanted to have egg and toast for breakfast, what would be the healthy option to choose instead of the bread?
1: I I personally think a lot of people choose toast for the crunch factor mm-hmm. and they may put fruit on top of it. But if you're looking for a crunch factor, I have tried to, even me personally, try to retrain my brain not to think that you have to have certain foods to consider it breakfast. You don't have to have yogurt or eggs or, you know, whatever it is that constitutes a breakfast you can have vegetables at breakfast and so something crunchy that way um i i like to crunch on bell peppers and i like cucumbers even there's something to have that crunch factor and again retraining your mind not to think that you have to have certain foods for breakfast could be a way for you to get that crunch but not have that extra intake of sugar
0: Mm, that's interesting and of course you can have vegetable smoothies as well can't you
1: Mm -hmm. Mm
0: mm-hmm but some of them (laughs) some of the smoothies i must admit i haven't tried any green smoothies myself um i will have to because i found a really nice recipe but the green does kind of put me off a little
1: yes and it that is i've I've seen that you know when you think about green, it's kind of a weird thing to think about for the morning because you think of orange for orange juice, or you've got that nice golden color from the apple juice. But again, if you can retrain your mind not to think that that is what makes it a breakfast, it, it can really change how your whole diet goes.
0: And what's your thoughts on having um, muesli and granola? I I love them.
1: Um, So I'm not having to restrict them. I actually was not exposed to Nutili until I married my husband, and he had shown me all kinds of new European foods. His family's uh, over in Scotland, so we see a lot of new foods there, and then we've traveled over into Europe. And I really like it, but if you're not supposed to have some of those items that are in there, then you can't. I mean, you've got raisins the, the products that i've had there are raisins in there and then depending on your fat intake some of them have nuts and then if you're not supposed to have um it, you know keto the keto diet is huge in the states right now so you can't really have muesli on a keto diet yes but i love them <laughs> and granola if you can make your own granola then that's great but when you buy that store-bought granola it's so highly packed with sugar mm.
0: Yeah, uh, to make it crunchy and sweet, and mm-hmm. <laughs> and you mentioned honey. If people want to stop taking um, processed sugar, can honey be used as an alternative?
1: I think it depends on why you're stopping. Um, I, to me, I think honey is more concentrated. Of a sweetener than processed white sugar, so it it doesn't seem like it tastes as sweet for some people, but it's supposed to be sweeter than processed sugar. So if you want to switch over to it, that's great. But why are you switching over? You know, if you're diabetic, you probably don't you still probably don't want to have the honey. Um, but if you're just trying to get off of processed materials, then yes, you could go off of honey because it's not going to be as processed.
0: Mm-hmm. And what about exists, maple syrup? I mean, that's very sweet too, isn't
1: it? It's very sweet. And something that a lot of people don't realize is that what you buy in the store is just corn syrup. It's colored corn syrup. So if you want real maple syrup, you have to buy the $20 bottle in a glass that's tiny on the bottom shelf that nobody goes to. I <sighs> have to be very careful what they're picking up because the major brands are corn syrup. And you you really, and like a a smidge of maple syrup in there, but, um, it's not what they think it is. So Mm -hmm. if you want to switch to maple syrup, you can, but it's also quite sweet. I just try to tell everybody, you know, give yourself time to adjust to the new flavors. When I've gone off sugar, I slowly pulled back for six months because I knew if I did it in two weeks, there's no way I would stick with it. And you're setting yourself up for failure, Mm -hmm. So just do it over a slow process. A slow amount of time to retrain your mind on how to eat what it means to eat, train, retrain those taste buds, and it's something that you can you can maintain longer.
0: Mm. Uh, and people have to get out of the mindset of thinking, "I'm on a diet." It's not a diet; it's a lifestyle yes. change, isn't it? It's yes. the new you. It's from this day onwards, yes. kind of thing. This is the pattern and the path you're going to take. You have to. Yes. And you have to want to do it. Um, if
1: you're not wanting to do it or willing to do it, then now's not the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I still eat chocolate. I love chocolate. And I someone said, when are you going to give it up? I said, I'm not, I'm I just, I'm not willing to give up chocolate.
0: It must have been, did you find it was difficult to eat a healthy diet in Scotland? I'm only saying that because I'm gluten free.
1: <laughs> it was. Um, I def- we definitely didn't look really hard for it because we knew going we knew going over there that a traditional fry was what we were going to have for breakfast every once in a while while we were there. We had a lot of square sausage on rolls. Um, it was that because we you cannot get that Lauren sausage here, and I have no idea the spices. I can't. I can't find it here. Um, but we actually went all the way up to, um, sky and we were up there. We had amazing seafood and, but I don't know like what they may have cooked it in. I don't know, you know, the seasonings or other, other things they may have tossed it in, but it was, it was absolutely amazing to eat up there, (laughs) but no, we didn't look very hard for (laughs) the healthy bits. I will say the strawberries up there are amazing. They're, it's, it's so delicious. The strawberries Mm -hmm.
0: And they tend to be smaller and redder and sweeter, don't they, than uh, than, what we have here anyway?
1: They were, I don't know how to describe it, they were sweeter. I actually thought they were sweeter there and they were a little bit lighter. And so I thought maybe it's a different strain, Mm. Um, but it was was fantastic.
0: Wow. So are you gluten-free? I am not, no. Okay, Well, that makes it a a little bit easier dining out. Mm -hmm. But the night before the conference, uh, I had a tomato and goat's cheese salad, whipped goat's cheese, but it was hard. It would obviously been in the fridge, but it was amazing, this um, cheese. And it was with a pesto sauce. Mm. And I think that's one of the best meals I've had for a long long time it was so tasty really really nice so you see that sounds delicious I mean that's healthy isn't it there's nothing you can make a, a good yeah, pesto sauce um, yes there was more tomatoes than anything and the goat's cheese wasn't an enormous piece it was uh, a slice of like a, a roll you know of mm-hmm. goat's cheese but it was really, really nice, very tasty. So before you go, would you like to tell us a little bit more about your pharmacy?
1: Sure. Uh, we are located in Denton, which is just north of the Dallas. It's one of the suburbs north of the Dallas Metroplex. And we have been in business 20 plus years. I know they've changed locations once before. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's family owned. Uh, We're always looking to do unique, on-the-edge kind of ideas. And then we also provide, uh, besides the typical retail part of the pharmacy, we are also a specialty pharmacy, and we deal a lot with OB offices for that medication that we do for specialty drugs. Uh, The the compounding lab is sterile and non-sterile accredited. It's one of the most amazing labs I've ever seen. And we work with, like I said, we do the autologous serum I drop or dry eye, or, you know, related maybe to Sjogren's, and we do, if anyone's in the area listening, we do do delivery, and we mail out, or mm-hmm. are allowed to mail out all over the state, I know, um, and then I provide some of the lunch and lunch for the physicians, and it's, it's a, such a great time just getting to talk with them, and see what their struggles are, and how we can help them.
0: Mm-hmm. And I know one of the questions that people will ask is, do you ship Outside of the state,
1: we are currently not licensed to ship outside of the state. That's something we're working on, but not currently.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, how amazing is it to ha- to have it delivered? I mean, it's if you are somebody who is very sick with an autoimmune disease, having your medication delivered is one less task you have to try and set mm-hmm. yourself, isn't it? So I'm sure they enjoy. Yes,
1: it. and you know, with Amazon buying Pill Pack that's something I kind of laughed at because we already do that. We already package medications in the same kind of manner that PillPack does. We deliver it to people. We mail to people in Texas. So it's it's a service we already provide. It's just Amazon gets the recognition because it's Amazon.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, well, we've run out of time. It's been really interesting speaking to you, Amber, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you too. Community Pharmacy is a locally owned pharmacy located in Denton, Texas. Community Pharmacy serves its patients and physicians all over the great state of Texas through quality and service. They are Denton's most advanced compounding pharmacy. Call 940-382-1618 for all your healthcare needs or visit communitypharmacy.com.